The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you. Jesus said, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. O Lord, may your word only be spoken, and may your word only be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. My wife Jamie and I met uh, teaching school at Groton School uh, a ways down the road a bit. I was uh, a sabbatical replacement for a year for the history department and Jamie was a classics teacher. And as God would have it, uh, we were placed in the same boarding house. Uh, We lived in a a dwelling on campus called Parents House, so-called after the days when parents came to stay and visit their homesick sons at Groton School. And this old house had been divided up into six apartments for single on-campus but non-dormitory faculty. And uh, Jamie and I had been uh, placed on the second floor, along with one other uh, young person. And the summer uh, before the school year, uh, I was in my apartment grinding away. I had, uh, was kind of a grind. I was teaching, was set to teach four classes with three preparations, and I was going to be coaching each season, and I had dorm work to do and other, other things to do. And already, you know, it was July, and I was getting to work. They were sitting at my desk, and the door was ajar, and uh, it opened suddenly, and there was this young woman there, and she said, hi, I'm Jamie. Hi, I'm Nick. This is my apartment. Um, (laughs) And she said, let's just sit down and talk, and why don't you just tell me everything about yourself? It's just easier just to get it over with right away. So kind of stunned, I obeyed, and moved over into the living room and didn't tell her everything, but, you know, we got started. And uh, one thing led to another, and this uh, 
as, uh, as we know the end of the story, we eventually uh, decided to get married and uh, discerned in the course of our uh, courtship and time together, discerned that uh, we were in fact being invited uh, not only into a relationship with one another, but into a relationship with God through our relationship with one another. Now, if we look at the, at the first reading that we had this morning that Bennett read, we have a different context for uh, this coming together, uh, this particular relationship that we call marriage. Um, it is the epitome of the arranged marriage. Abraham, uh, the great patriarch, sends his servant, his most trusted servant, to his homeland to find a suitable wife for his son Isaac. And so Eliezer, by tradition, uh, the name of this servant is Eliezer, takes up his, uh, his camels and all his trinkets and treasure uh, to sort of show this potential mate just how powerful and wealthy her potential husband is and goes off. But also he's very clear, Eliezer is very clear, that uh, he is looking for God's will in this. He asks for prayer. He asks through prayer for God to show him, show him the person who is to be his master's son's wife. And he says this prayer before arriving at this well. And sure enough, this beautiful young woman appears, does the things that she's supposed to do, not only gives him water, but gives the whole caravan water. And then as the story unfolds, uh, she takes him back, says, you know, you're going to have to talk to my brother and my dad about this. And Eliezer tells the story. And then very interestingly to me, in the context of this really patriarchal society, it seems that Rebecca has a choice. She is asked, are you going to go with this guy? And apparently she has a choice. And she says, I will. Echoing, for me at least, Abraham's yes to God's invitation to leave and go into a, an uncharted territory. Now, perhaps her yes had something to do with the gold that she had been given and the story about how wealthy her potential master was going to be. Maybe there was a little bit of enticement in that regard. But nonetheless, I think we can probably say that she was saying yes to a future that she really didn't know about in faithfulness uh, to the God that she was going to come to know. Now, if, as I believe, and perhaps you do as well, that we are invited into relationship with God through our relationships with other people, and if indeed we want to be in relationship with God, I'm going to assume that at some deep level we really do, why do we so often decline those invitations to be in closer relationship with people and thus be in closer relationship with God. Well, if there's a better description of why we don't do what we know we should do and what is good for us, it is Paul's description in the letter to the Romans about why he doesn't do what he knows he should do. He knows what's right. He says in his inmost parts, he wants to do what God wants him to do. He wants to be in relationship with other people and with God. But there's this level that's just a little bit outside of his inmost parts. 
where what he calls sin dwells. And there's this war going on. And I think we've all been there. We all are maybe there right now. If we haven't, we'll be there in a few minutes or later today. Where there's this war going on us within us where we struggle between saying yes to God and saying no to God in our relationships with other people. And yet, even though we may have a tendency to say no, to fall victim, or maybe even consciously choose to say no to the sin that's within us, God does not give up. Over and over again, we have the opportunity every day, many, many times every day, to say yes to the invitation that God gives us. In the Gospel today, Jesus says it very clearly. Come unto me. Come unto me. All you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think it's a wonderful part of right one that unfortunately we don't have in right two, that we have the chance to say those comfortable words before uh, the peace. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. We have that invitation constantly from the God who loves us. Now, it may seem a little bit counterintuitive that immediately on the heels of that invitation to come to me and I'm going to refresh you, he says, and I've got a yoke for you too. Now, if, you, if you're like me and you think of a yoke, you think of something that's going to kind of make you bend over like this and on your shoulders and it's going to, you know, it's not a happy thing to have a yoke. But if we think further, I don't think Jesus is talking about a single yoke. When he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, I think he's talking at least about a double yoke. Right? So, Jesus is in one harness and we're in the other one. So, in fact, Jesus' yoke will make the burden easier because you're not pulling it by yourself. You're pulling it with Him. And if we look at our relationships as one of the primary areas that we learn how to be in a relationship with God and learn how to be closer to God, we might have to expand that yoke a little bit, right? With maybe Jesus being in the lead. I'm not a farmer here, I don't, you know, but maybe there can be a multi-yoked system where there's a, a lead yoke and then, you know, yokes behind. The point being that we're not alone in our yoke. That there is the lead, I hesitate to say, oxen, there is a lead person in the yoke that is helping us bear our relationships together and helping us find joy and sustenance and growth and power and strength and courage in the relationships that we have that sustain us and though for sure sometimes challenge us but also sustain us. Constantly, I believe, we're being invited into those relationships more deeply into those relationships so that we may more deeply 
be part of the relationship that God wants to have with us. Constantly, we're being invited into deeper relationship with one another so that we can be in deeper relationship with the God who created us, who redeems us, who sustains us. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen.